Alright, now things are kind of settling down. We're a little bit removed. We're what, a couple weeks now removed from the grand final, or I guess I guess just a little over a week, and it, it really feels like it just happened yesterday. I'm sure you uh, you Melbourne fans haven't stopped watching the replay, um, haven't stopped celebrating, and are still acting like it's, what, what was it, 1963? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's still partying like it's 1963, so congrats to you guys. Hopefully, haven't done anything too crazy there, but having a good time because a celebration like that deserves to be happening. It's going to happen all off-season, I'm sure, but of course, we broke down everything you, you need to know about the 2021 AFL Grand Final and the rest of the final. So if you haven't checked out that video, first off, if you have, really do appreciate that. Your support this whole season has been absolutely tremendous. And I really do appreciate each and every one of you lovely people. But go ahead, check that out. Of course, that's everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast from, as well as on YouTube. We broke down everything there. But what we're doing today is a little bit of a, we're going, we're going back out of things. Take a full look at the 2021 season and everything that came with it, whether it be, um, we're going to take, if you want to throw it back, uh, uh, almost half a year at this point, we're going to take a look at, uh, our preseason predictions, see what we got right. And then most importantly, get to laugh at see and see what we got wrong here. Uh, and then we're going to take a look at our, uh, the, uh, most recent season here, the biggest surprise disappointment, maybe our favorite game or moment. Don has his top five home and away here. And also maybe one of our favorite storylines, during the season, and we're going to cap things off with a little bit of an off-season preview here. Of course, we'll be dropping intermittent shows throughout the off-season as we feel needed, and especially we'll talk a little bit more at this at the end. But Donnie has a brand new series that's going to be coming out during the off-season, so st uh, stay tuned, and we'll tell you more about that here. But we're going to take a look at maybe the biggest story to watch. And uh, um, you guys might not like want to hear what Donnie has to say, but this team is likely going to have the best offseason. But let's get into things. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Sound, joined alongside by the fourth and long AFL correspondent, Coach Donnie Hessen. Coach, how are we feeling um, as we're kind of getting into the craziness of the offseason? Uh, the, silly, the silly season begins very, very shortly after it, the se regular season and, and it gets sillier and sillier each year with the communications. It, it is almost like footy is 24-7, 365 because not even Not even three, not even three days after the grand final, there's already trade talks. There's already free agency talks. There's already discussions. There's negotiations. I mean, we already have several players who have signed, who have signed on to go to new homes. 
free agency has already seen three or four players move on. We had our first big trade of the year. We're calling what again, throwing around picks like they're or like they are folded up airplane, like they're paper airplanes and throwing them off everywhere they can hoping to make up for the mistake that they did last year in their pick swamp with GWS last year. But it's, it's always an interesting time period because it's this really show this really kind of shows what's your passion. Like how deeply do you pay attention to your off season? Do you pay attention to who are the rumors about your club? Who, who, who are the potential um, additions? Who are the subtractions and all that? So it, it's very fascinating time of the year, especially for me, because you kind of get to know some players that maybe are fringe players because you might need to know them because they may find themselves on your club or, or on a different club. So, so I find myself looking up names, like who is this, who is this player? If I'm not 100% sure. So it's a very fascinating time of the year and it's only going to get more, more and more entertaining over the next week and a half. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, the, the season that never sleeps, it's, it's going to be a grand old time. And of course, um, you can find everything fourth and long AFL over at the fourth and forward slash AFL. We are everywhere. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are over just on that website. You can find everything you need there over at once again, the fourth and for all you MMA fans. Uh, it's taking a little bit. I know we got this fantastic footage merch. I'm rocking on here. If you if you're on YouTube, you can see the the video right now. Um, the the fantastic tri blend footies underrated t-shirts. But we also re- released some a uh, brand new tri blend certified banger MMA shirts, and it's about damn time we got some merchandise there. So uh, go out and want to support the show, and also at the same time get. I was actually very impressed with with the quality of this. I know Donnie has his, um, and he's been happy with it. So get yourself a good t-shirt. And go, I, I'm pretty sure we even sell in Australia. Yeah, they should be shipping, able to ship to Australia too, um, if I'm not mistaken. So go ahead, check that out um, for everything apparel. That's the fourthandlong.com forward slash apparel. But let's get into things, Donnie. And the first thing I want to take a look at is our top eight predictions. There are some that were pretty accurate here and some that, uh, ooh, not so much. Most importantly, on my side, I oh, I, I. I did not get everything right here. Uh, but, of course, for a little quick refresher, from one, 8 to 1, um, this year's top 8 looked like Essendon, GWS, Sydney, the Doggies, Brisbane, Geelong, Port Adelaide, and Melbourne. I'll, I'll just let you – I'll, I'll, I'll uh, put mine out first because I'm going to take the biggest L on this one. I had Sydney at 8, Port Adelaide at 7, Fremantle at 6, obviously a mistake there. Uh, if they could kick straight, maybe things are a little bit different. Port Alley and Sydney uh, were up a little higher than uh, where they finished on my list. Um, number five, I have the Doggies, so I got that. <laughs> um, number four, I have the Richmond Tigers, did not get that. Number two and three, Brisbane and uh, or three and two, uh, Geelong and Brisbane, so pretty close right there. Uh, the only problem is Donnie at number one. Uh, I have the West Coast Eagles, <laughs> obviously. Oh, both those uh, Western <laughs> Australian teams did not work out well. <laughs> and then over on your end from 8-1, to one, Frio, West Coast, so a little bit closer there, St. Kilda, Brisbane, the Doggies, Richmond, Port, and Geelong. So, you know, the uh, the top fours weren't too bad. Richmond was obviously one of the biggest monkey wrenches thrown in there. And, uh, mm-hmm. ooh, just anyone from Perth, oh, stay away. Stay away. <laughs> 
I think we, we, we went into this season with a lot of hope because I, I, for me, Frio was a team that they had that young talent. They had played so well. They had such a defensive game and they, they were, and they were getting some of their superstars back. I honestly thought they'd have a better season. I don't think anybody expected them to be absolutely snake bitten with injuries. Most of this entire season. I mean, Dave Mundy was a revelation. I mean, he pulled 20, 20 votes at the, at the Brownlow, which for a man of his age, and again, this is all due respect to him was not something anybody expected. No. So, and, and when you, and when one of your best players goes down with, sh- with shoulder injuries and ankle injuries and can't kick straight injuries, whoops, that's uh, not an injury. Um, just <laughs> Frio was one of those teams. Frio was one of those teams that I, I, I jumped on the bandwagon. I may have paid for it, mm-hmm. but I, I think every, I think everybody and their mother had Richmond in the, had Richmond in the finals just because I mean, mm-hmm. three time premieres, Yes, YouTube comments. I'm sorry. I did say four and five in the last episode. My apologies. But th- thank you for calling it out. I genuinely appreciate that. If I make a mistake, I am not afraid to. Do- so yes, three out of four time, three out of four titles. But I don't think anybody expected them to be injury riddled as much as they were, along with losing Dusty for the last five weeks of the season really didn't help that either. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you go at the start of the season, you're going on you're you're going on paper. And you're you're almost a little bit going on the previous season and what you expect to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody in, in, in nobody that I that I've read or even seen anything from had Sydney, Mel, Sydney, Melbourne and GWS, all three in the finals easily. Nobody did. So that was really kind of a shock to a lot of people. I think people expected GWS to be there. But I think they expected them to just fall short, like ninth or tenth, because losing Jeremy Cameron, they keep they keep losing talented players, and it just has not kind of it has not played out as well since the 2019 Grand Final. It, they just have not been the same team. Well, it's just fair. I, I still do. Um, I mean, we'll get to it. I still love my Sydney Swans call there. I mean, I should have been a little bit more optimistic, I, I guess here. Is well, Nostradamus, my friend, you are because I, <laughs> I even even me, the diehard Swans fan, did not see this season coming again. I was pleasantly surprised. I will definitely say that. Hey, I'll take the surprise <laughs> on GDO, G, uh, GWS on choking their way out of the finals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, right? So it's good there. And now uh, here's something that I, I I will admit that I've uh, been able to jokingly but i've been able to just kind of nudge at donnie every time we talk about essendon this year because uh here's our wooden spoon predictions of course i went with uh, one of the lowest ones last year um which was hawthorne i thought that aging roster um just wasn't looking good but hey would you know they they played spoiler to a lot of teams and, and they were a tough game uh for anyone especially later in the season they end up finish 14th in the ladder um, and of course it was North Melbourne taking the, uh, wind spoon, um, once again, but here's the one, uh, um, where Donnie, he gave himself an out cause he's a little bit of a coward. I, I will say a little bit of a coward. They're not trying to stick with it. <laughs> of course I'm just playing. Uh, he went with Essendon, but also he gave himself the out of or North Melbourne. So I guess I'll give it to you. I guess, you know, if I'm feeling really generous here. <laughs> uh, I, 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 again, I, 
you fall into that you fall into what happened in the off season, what happened in the previous season. And and I I trust me, I so many Essendon fans have really taken the Mickey out of me. And I appreciate it. I, I appreciate that they have long Which memories. And 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 I and I really didn't mind being wrong on that one because mm-hmm. I, I thought Essendon had a really good draft. I think yep. they drafted really well. And, and nobody can argue that they probably were, they were probably besides Melbourne and Sydney, the surprise team of the entire league, because mm-hmm. everybody, I think so many people expected them bottom four, a bottom four finish. And they finished just outside of the finals with a, a, a style of play that so many people in the AFL that weren't bombers fans started to fall in love with to the mm-hmm. point where bombers, I think bombers games were getting to be the games of the round every week. Everybody's mm-hmm. how are the bombers going to do this week? I also it may really not like been... how they look going into finals. I was a little worried that they might be able to make a run as well. Yeah. They, they may not have, they may, may not have been a pretty season. It may not have been perfect. Yes. They gave up points, but, but it was an exciting brand of footy that a lot of people loved watching a, a little disappointing how their finals ended, but, sometimes you just you use so much to get into the finals i think they just kind of ran out of steam and when you run into a good doggies team in a weather conditions that i think fit the doggies a little bit more than the, the dons i think it really was kind of the reason why essendon but i i trust me i wear that badge with honor that i messed that one up and i'm glad that i did because i i think essendon is going to be a team to keep an eye on i i agree with you i think in five years this is a flag contender team if they can keep this team together this is a flag contender team legitimately hey don's fans i'm just gonna let you know right now you will win a grand final within the next five years book it book it you're you could be in the grand final within three i would say winning i'll go five let's give it that and so Huge future there. Essen looked great. And then, I mean, North Melbourne, arguably the greatest Wooden Spoon winner of all time. But, you know, Wooden Spoon, uh, nonetheless, with that one. With our Brownlow picks, um, I guess we're a little bit off on this one, too. We actually both went with uh, Brisbane's Lockie Neal. And, unfortunately, he wasn't able to get full season in. So, that obviously hurt him. I believe he had uh, finished with uh, – he played in 17 games on the season. Um, and, and so he, I mean, obviously it's a little bit less than what he did last year. Um, I mean, you know, one of the most obvious things there, he finished, I think fourth on his team in Brownlow votes. Um, so I mean, it doesn't help. He had a lot of talent, I think, uh, um, so a lot of talent on the Brisbane lines. I arguably took away from him a little bit of a sober year and, um, played by some injuries there as well. And so what do you think went wrong? Uh, uh, for Lucky Neal this year, uh, injuries are just something you cannot you cannot um, account for. But mm-hmm. another thing that I think really kind of changed Lucky Neal's season was the emergence of Jared Lyons. Mm-hmm. Like I think Jared Lyons really really stepped up in his absence, and he started taking he started taking votes there in that middle time of the year when Lockie wasn't hurt. Which I I, I think when Lockie was hurt, it re, it when you're hurt and you miss four or five games in the season, that really does derail any chances of you winning the Brownlow because as, as the eventual winner kind of proved, you kind of have to be on the part and you kind of have to pull to, to win the Brownlow nowadays, because you've got so many guys that are just, they are game breakers. When you've got a dusty, when you've got a Bont and Pelly, when you've got a Petraka, when you've got an Oliver, when you've got Boke and you've got Ollie wines, in the league nowadays that pull and pull a lot 
and, and Sam Walsh too. I, I don't want to leave him in the Darcy yeah. Parish. Nobody <laughs> expected those two to pull as well as they did. That kind of changed the way this season went. And then him getting injured, Jared Lyons having a better season, the Lions kind of having up and down sections where the first part of the year, they were atrocious. They weren't playing really good footy. Then they, they had that hot stretch in the center of the year where no, it seemed like nobody could even come close to the Lions. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of tapered off for a few weeks and then kind of ramped back up going into the finals. And then, I mean, they severely cooled off in the finals, unfortunately. So I, I, it, it's kind of so many circumstances it's they're, they're unforeseeable i mean the injuries for sure again you go on paper and you're expecting the superstars to play every game and it just isn't always the way it goes yep. so um yeah I, I mean that's just kind of the way the way the, the kind of the cookie crumbles unfortunately and nobody saw ollie wines doing what he did i mean he was an absolute monster after week three you could hear murmurs throughout the throughout the footy media that if ollie wines keeps this up he's he's going to be very difficult to beat and then he kind of he kind of cooled off a little bit when port cooled off and then bonson pelly exploded yep. in, in that in that section so it, and it was then kind of just each and every each and every week kind of exposed and then the demons Petraka Oliver having seasons to remember and helping the D's win a championship I mean nobody expected that and but I think the biggest thing that helped Lions in that in the long run was Petraka and Oliver being on the same team if they were on different teams this could have been a completely different count um now with this next one uh we kind of go with the biggest surprise team and then the biggest disappointment here and and kind of like what I hinted to earlier with, with what was going on in the finals, my biggest surprise team was going to be the Sydney Swans. A team that, I mean, finished in, like not near the bottom, but I mean, they were kind of in, in like that gray area between finals and, you know, wooden spoon. They're, they're kind of right there. And I honestly, Donnie, I, I couldn't tell you why I had this feeling about the Swans. It was just one of those gut things where I, I didn't see analytics. I, I kind of knew the roster there. Um, I was excited that Buddy Franklin was going to make his return. And uh, I don't know, sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you guys know, sometimes you just have a gut feeling about this. I went with it, and I said that Senior was going to be a finals team. And would you know, not only I said they were going to make eight, they ended up um, making um, six here. And so I was very impressed with the Swans. And it was something that they started off really well this season. I was like, am I going to be right about something here? <laughs> just please keep this going. And w- would you know? I mean, they, they look great. I mean, especially with guys like Tom Papley stepping up and just having a huge year. This was just a, a this was really good and a really exciting Swans team to watch. I rooted for them as long as they weren't playing GWS. Yeah, this was just as a diehard Swans fan, legitimately. I'll be honest, when you said what you said at the start of the season, I, I thought you were crazy. And, and, and again, and again, like, like hindsight's 2020. I, 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 hindsight's nobody saw one. Hey, oh, I'm so funny. No, no, nobody, nobody saw this coming. Absolutely. Nobody saw this coming, but I'd almost say you, you almost have to tie two teams. And I know two team tie kissing your brother, sister, whatever. <laughs> it, it's so weird, but you can't not go with Melbourne a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately you cannot, you win a flag 
nobody expected you to be there. People expected you to kind of mire ninth, 10th, 11th, just miss the finals again. You've got a team, but you, you the team has the yips. Melbourne is Melbourne. They, they, they find a way to lose games that they, sh- that they shouldn't, but they find ways to win. And this year they just hit lightning in a bottle. There's no other way to say it. They, that coach Goodwin just literally found the perfect mixture of his players in just the right way. And it hit perfectly. He hit a jackpot. He hit the, the million dollar that, I mean, he hit the best card on the river that you could ever get. He hit it perfect. So it's hard to argue that Melbourne is not, but Melbourne and Sydney were, were the two teams that I think shocked the footy world. Mm-hmm. nobody expected Melbourne to be the dominant team in the league and nobody expected Sydney, a team that was in 16th the year before to draft three young players, but all of them make an impact at some time or another this season. And for Sydney to play so much better footy, it's mostly the same roster except yeah. for Alira Lear moving out mm-hmm. and Tom Hickey coming in. It was mostly the same roster that had finished 16th the year before, but had all the injuries that they had last year. I won't go through that laundry list. It was scary to think about it, that most of their superstars, Buddy Franklin included, were healthy for Mm -hmm. most of this season. That, I think, was a little bit of a a surprise to everybody was how healthy Sydney stayed and how good a footy they played with not only the new rules, but then how they adjusted as the season went on when there was a little less emphasis on the man of the mark. So they had to adjust their game a little little bit. They were still really good defensively, but their kicking and attacking style really fit well the way the new rules were set up. And I, you kind of saw the, 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 the fruits of their labor from all that movement and with Don Pike coming in and really changing John Longmire's style. I think it's hard to argue that the Sydney did not have the surprising season of the year. And the scary part is they could be just as good next year. Yeah. Hey, I'm. If anything, I think they're going to be a lot better. And dig, uh, watch out for that top four spot because those Sydney Swans just very well might be able to find themselves in that spot. And then uh, I'm talking biggest disappointment. At least my prediction, um, it, the complete opposite. Of my biggest surprise team. My surprise team definitely hit this uh, disappointment team. Not even close. I, I went with the poor LA Power. Uh, I thought they were going to regress a little bit this year just because I wasn't like all of last season. They were leading and I wasn't super confident in them, though. They end up getting um, losing in the preliminary finals. Of course, they did that again this year. So those uh, poor LA fans do know heartbreak and disappointment by now. Um, but Donnie, here's one I want to plug you on. Well, you might have been a little off on the wind spoon. You know, the surprise wasn't too bad. What if what are you calling? You said word for word that Collingwood was going to drop out of the top eight and finish in the bottom six, and then the finish second to last. So, ah, uh, you got this one. You get you get the swans and I get the pies. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure which one's more impressive. I I their off season was not only atrocious, but then their season just, just wild, didn't man. get just any wild. better. I mean it. it it, it, it was the proverbial, you know what, sandwich to, for, for, for Pies fans mm-hmm. this season because your offseason gets absolutely atrocious. You trade several really good players away. Yeah, you might have been in a cap crunch, but then there's the argument there of were they, were they not? Yeah, who knows? 
But then as the season went on, it was just situation after issue, after debacle, after gup, after stuff up, after everything. Like this whole season, there was nothing that went the pie's way. Every bad bounce that can happen happened to them. You you, you fire you fire Buckley after a, a so-so part of the year. You have so many, you have injuries galore when it comes to it. You, you have all of the issues off the field as well with the board, which was even more that we could go into, but oh, we, that was we almost, won't. That, so we it, cover that like playing. That is just a whole – that could be a whole podcast on its own, man. It was it was something else. A, a pie a pie season podcast could probably go two hours just because of everything <laughs> that happened this season. Again, pie fans, we're not we're not we're not picking on you, but it's the honest truth. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to beat around the bush here. I I just didn't see where the pies were going to be successful. Like some people thought, because Chalor was an impact player, Stevenson was an impact player. Our R two percent of Alagi was also an was a player when he played, he played well. Mm-hmm. And then it's just you didn't get the impacts of the big players that stayed as much as I think a lot of people expected. Brody Grundy had a down year. Yes, he got a lot, yes, he got a lot of statistics. Yes, he got into my teams of the week, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it was a relatively down season. He really faded in those last eight weeks of the season. Pendleberry gets hurt, hasn't has a good season, not great. Steel side bottom, average season, not very well. Mason Cox is invisible is invisible and now is no longer a calling now is no longer a Collingwood player and looking for a new home. We'll have to see. There's there's talks of him potentially landing at North Melbourne, which would be quite interesting to see him as a kangaroo player next season. I but think just that's the everything worst part that- about real quick, Donnie. I think that's the old like like the, the penultimate uh, problem with Collingwood's season. I mean, if if any if you're a sane person, you give Mason Cox five years, you you make him a, a lifer. Okay, it, it's unbelievable. Give him all the money in the world because he is he he's better than Ollie Wines, quite frankly. Of course, that's a joke. Please, please don't take me seriously on that one. I know someone might. I know someone might. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for the YouTube comments because somebody's going to pause that. Someone's going to pause that right. and angrily, angrily text him. Wouldn't that, that be the worst, the worst you know out of it. context clip I've ever produced? <laughs> oh, man. That would be absolutely classic if somebody clips that. That'd be great. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but keep going with with the Collingwood rant here. <laughs> I, it's not really a rant. I feel nah, bad. Like no, like <laughs> like like Pies fans as much as as much as they take they they take they get the Mickey taken out of them mm-hmm. a lot because of they're they're the club that everybody either love or you hate. They're like the they're like the New England Patriots. They're like the Golden State Warriors. You you're there is no middle ground. There is no. Well, I kind of like them. There's there's you viscerally dislike them, <laughs> or you viscerally lo- or or you completely and passionately love them. Mm-hmm. There is no middle ground, unfortunately. And that's that's I think kind of the issue that the pies kind of run into right now is is that everybody that viscerally dislikes them, they are having a field day with this. They are thoroughly enjoying it. <laughs> I, I I don't want to disrespect the pies because I know it's a great it's a great club. It's a club that was really well run. It just ran into everything that could go wrong did. Now I'm hoping they have a better offseason. I'm hoping, hoping Nick Dacos coming in helps kind of spark things, but we'll have to see. It's not starting off well because having 
get all the points to be able to be sure they get Nick Dacos could really kind of put Collingwood in a bind where they're going to have to kind of chomp and change to try to be able to not only get the three players that you are mandatorily have to draft this season, but then after that is how are you going to handle next draft when you just traded your second and your third round draft picks next year to Gold Coast to get their picks this year Mm -hmm. to be able to afford to get Nick Dacos as your father son so it'll be very interesting to see how they maneuver that like do do we see a pendleberry get moved next season potentially for draft picks do we do we see a steel side bottom do we see a jordan degoey potentially mm. get moved for draft picks next year to make up for the fact that they had to trade some capital for next year's draft to get into this year's draft to be able to get the the prodigal son that is nick dacos as a Collingwood player this season. Two things about Collingwood. Um, you said either you love him or hate him. Right now, I'm a little bit of both because, one, absolutely hate them for disrespecting the, the living legend that is Mason Cox, of course. And, oh, but also, at the same time, I love them because I really do appreciate the high draft pick this year, you know, as, as a GWS fan. Like, that, that, that was very nice of them to just kind of collapse the end of the season, fall to, fall to uh, you know, 17th there. Collingwood did me a huge favor, so... I like to send my gratitude to them. Now, there we go. Um, so those guys are going off of our preseason predictions, there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, of course, we'd love to know what you guys think about all that. Um, whether you want to make fun of us for, especially me, for you know thinking West Coast is going to be that good. Go ahead and uh, let it loose, whether it be on socials, whether it be on Apple Podcasts by leaving five star review, or I mean, as you already know in the YouTube comments. We also would love to see how your preseason predictions turned out and see if you got uh, anything good like like I did, at least here with with um, the Sydney Swans. But let's go ahead and take a look at our 2021 review. Um, first things first is going to be our biggest surprise and disappointment of the season. I mean, Don kind of dipped into this already, and I'm sorry if you see me moving. There is a fly in my um, studio right now, um, better known <laughs> as my bedroom, and it is bugging the hell out of me. So if you see me try to reach out for something, and if I do catch it, I will scream out of excitement. So, I mean, if you want to watch, I mean, I hate this damn thing so much. I, 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 oh, <laughs> get, get chopsticks, be a Mr. Miyagi. Oh, I wish I was that good. So I can't even hit it with my hand half the time. This is the old dying fly as well, it looks like. So I'm going to get – hey, hopefully by the end of the show, I get this bastard for you guys. Uh, <laughs> but let's take a look here. Um, The biggest surprise for me this year, I mean, besides, like, the prediction, um, was was Richmond's drop-off. That that came almost unexpectedly. Of course, injuries didn't help. Uh, but they had all the talent in the world, and um, they – it, 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 they looked like they were going to keep going on with it with the dynasty there, and I, I guess it just ended up not working out. I mean, like I said, injuries. We kind of covered this a little bit, um, and I think Donnie might want to cover this one a little bit more a little later in the show. But um, I, I think it was just weird seeing Richmond fall apart, and they and I say fall apart isn't they still had a really good chance of making the finals this year late in the season. It ended up just not, not didn't come together for them, but. Like, like I said, this was kind of the biggest shocker to me this year um, in, in terms of, I guess, lack uh, a lack of success. That's the biggest, the most surprising thing to me. Richmond's one of those. I, I hate throwing them into the biggest disappointment because 
I I don't think anybody saw no. everything that happened to them. That's what I'm not going to say going disappointing. to happen to them. The lack of success was surprising. It wasn't disappointing. I think that's how I'll word it for myself. Yeah, like I, I would agree with you on that. Like I would. Like it it, it was surprising to see Richmond struggle those last four or five weeks again. No Dusty, so caveat given there. But even still, weeks before they had played, they had they had they had played without Dusty and had played well. So, I the, there could even be questions of is Damian Hardwick's style that so long kind of I mean kind of shaped the AFL that everybody was we need a pressure we need pressure quick small forwards that are going to do everything yada 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 type of stuff this year it kind of got exposed a little bit this year they they got burned several times with that style because teams figured out how once you get past that initial first couple stages of pressure once you get it outside the 50 mm-hmm. richmond is exposed defensively yep. if you are accurate with your kick and you attack them you don't hang back and i think that's the kind of thing that i think teams are starting to figure them out so it'll be really really interesting to see next year do teams employ that same style and does hardwick make adjustments to maybe pull back the pressure just the tiniest bit to give him a little more coverage behind the first level of pressure so then that they can cover in case the ball gets past that first line because unfortunately he would have two lines of pressure but once both of those are beat now they're number disadvantaged and a good kicking team, like what Sydney did in round four mm-hmm. really exposed their zone style of defense. Because if Grimes can't come off an intercept mark, if they're hitting short, quick kicks into open space, which is then letting leaders into gaps that can rip this tiger's defense apart because they're not structured to play one-on-one defense there there. It's a group team style almost zone ish type of defense mm-hmm. so that was kind of the thing i i'm i'm interested to see do how does hardwick adjust does he make an adjustment do teams try to use that style more now not every team is like that i mean what sydney did was incredible in that game in round yep. four and not every team has those type of elite kicks so it'll be very fascinating to see how that goes but they, them and Fremantle were two of the teams that honestly I felt horrible for about halfway through the year because injuries just killed them, just absolutely killed funny. them. Oh, it was. It, I felt so horrible. I mean, we have so many Dockers fans that you and I talk, oh, yeah. that you and I talked. I felt bad. I told to lampass them every week. And it really, really wasn't their fault. I mean, they had just had so many injuries going into the season and it just never really got better when one would come back, two would, uh, exactly, (laughs) unfortunately, but that was, that might've been because of the lack of depth Mm -hmm. behind the first 22. They, I think that might've, might've got them uh, the biggest, but just you felt horrible because it felt like one would come back and two more would drop down to the injured reserve. They were never, I don't know if Fremantle saw their best 22 on the field at all this season. No. And, and that, I mean, for any team, if you're never able to see like, you know, your 22 best guys, it, it just any point of the season that that's pretty tough. Um, so obviously in, in a tough spot there for other team, it, you can't predict injuries happening. And, and so 
I mean, kind of in the same sense as where my biggest disappointment is obviously going to be West Coast in the same sense where they had a lot of guys back, but there's also a lot of points where it seemed like they were missing half their roster. <laughs> and, and that was not only did they fail to live up to expectations, I guess you could throw in the um, we can make the excuse for injuries, but even when everyone's healthy, they still fail to live up to expectations. They had just a hot and cold season where they look good optus looked horrible on the road and even times what made the season worse is that they they had games where they looked bad in optus and so that's why they're kind of my biggest disappointment there too and and hopefully they're able to pick things up next year at least for for perth um i mean i i think both teams both of those those perth teams um in, in frio and west coast i think they they have a lot of potential for next year are they going to put together I only time will tell. I, I don't like from what I've said before this season. I'm just gonna stay away from that. I'm not touching Perth with 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 a with a uh, ten mile stick on this one. I'm just gonna let things play out and, and just go as it is. <laughs> but like like for me, I I would almost want to go with like this. Like I I I'm gonna put Collingwood aside because I kind of expected that. I'm gonna put Richmond aside again. I wasn't expecting the injury. Same thing with Frio. The, my team that honestly I think was the most disappointing was the West Coast Eagles. Yep. Because even with some of the injuries that they had, they had their opportunities to make the finals and they stuffed it up royally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can I cannot believe some of these games that they lost mm-hmm. and then I was just like, are you kidding me? The, the absolute destruction against Geelong down in Geelong, the absolute destruction again in Geelong when they played Sydney, nobody expected either of those results mm-hmm. at all. Nobody did. And it, it just, I don't know what it was this season, but just the Eagles were so unimpressive in so many ways for a team that was there in the finals for a Mm -hmm. good chunk of the season. I'm thoroughly disappointed with how it ended because that was a finals roster. That was a finals list and they stuffed it. Legit. Not even making finals, man. Being one of the most hyped teams before the season and you can't even make it into the top eight. That's bad. That's real bad. And that doesn't, that that's the kind of bad where it doesn't take explaining that we all just know that that's universally just bad. Um, I mean, not great stuff from West Coast. Hopefully, those fans are are able to see a little bit more success next uh, next season. I I just want to see them good because I mean they're they they're an exciting bunch. You know, they're they're an exciting bunch over there, and we'll we'll see what we can get next year though. Ultimately, um, and now I want to give you before Donny gives his top five uh, home and away. I just want to let, uh, we're going to go into our favorite game or moment um, this year and. I think I, I kind of talked about it last week. My favorite game ultimately is going to be the GWS Sydney one from the finals, just because we, we mentioned it last on the show. You can hear a little more in-depth breakdown about that. Of course, it helps. I'm a little biased as my favorite team in there, um, <laughs> and they win. And so that's always going to do it for me in the, on a huge stage. But it, that was a fantastic game. Um, but I think my, I guess, a little more non-biased one, it could still be a popular pick here. But I'm going to go with it. One of my favorite moments was the after the siren goal from Captain Max gone for the Melbourne D's in round um, 23 there against Geelong. They get it done, and not only do they win their first minor premiership since was um, 1963 there, um, they, which, of course, they then go on to win the finals. But it was just such a cool moment for I, one of my not – I mean, I think my favorite non-GWS player – might be max gone at this point and so it was really cool to see that i mean that was just a fantastic game of footy in general let alone that that moment that really was one of the 
climaxes of the entire um, 2021 season. Oh boy. So, so for me, it's going to seem kind of weird, but, but two of the things that I think that are my moments of the year Mm -hmm. are not actually, are not actually specifically field situations. And and let me explain here. Um, Western Australia. I'm going to give you a tip of the cap because Mm. you saved the AFL season with being able to host the grand final, but there were two Um, dream time at the G Aston Richmond, incredible atmosphere incredible game legitimately was so happy to see that game played there for the rich indigenous heritage and at the west out in the west for them to be able to host the dreamtime game the dreamtime game was absolutely incredible both Mm -hmm. richmond and essendon played their absolute tails off and an incredible game but that was one of my moments of the season because I think dream time doesn't just have to be at the G. Now I understand the G is massive. It's hundred thousand, a hundred thousand people. It's great. But seeing it in the West was incredible. It, it, you cannot state, you cannot put words to how incredible the welcome to country was, how mm-hmm. all of the, the, how the performances, the indigenous performances and everything that was there, the celebration of indigenous culture before that game was incredible hands down my one of my moments of the year and the other one is the grand final in the west i think it turned out absolutely amazing it's beautiful i know there's a ton of people in victoria going no no." (laughs) but it turned out absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. okay i have heard victorian media saying they think potentially this could be something that could be done once every three to four years that it rotates in different states to be able to make it a national champ national game and a national way to resolve it. Now that's going to be hard considering they have a 50 year contract Mm -hmm. in the, in the MCG and the last two years they've extended the contract with the MCG. So it's now two more years longer. So we'll have to see how that goes. I don't see the MC, I don't see the MCC wanting to break that contract, so I don't think it will happen anytime soon. Unfortunately, we may be dead and buried before that particular contract gets signed. <laughs> but I have to say, those were two of my favorite moments of the season. Was both of those absolutely spectacular games that everybody usually expects in Victoria, both being in the West and the West coast fans and the perth fans absolutely embracing it selling both games out giving us an incredible atmosphere so my moments of the year are those two incredible games out in the west again hat tip to all of you out in western australia and in perth thank you so much for at least giving us a great crowd atmosphere in those two games because it absolutely made the season with both of those games now to go off of that I had it prepared last week, but we had so much fun to talk about that I thought we'd save it for a week since this is a season mm-hmm. review. And this is my top five games from the home of the waste season. I originally did this because it was kind of around the final series. And in the final series, unfortunately, the two one-point games really were it. I didn't want to put those in because they did kind of come on at different times. So here Fair are enough. my top five in order. Five to one is the top five games of the season. Number five. Let's go to round 10 where Adelaide and Melbourne 
at the Adelaide over and the Crows get the upset. Yes. Some people would say a little bit of controversy coach has with the no deliberate out of bounds call, but <laughs> Melbourne going down for the first time in the season to mm-hmm. a Crows team that was near the bottom of the table was not playing well. The incredible atmosphere at the Adelaide oval was absolutely fantastic. A yeah. one point win. That was absolutely incredible. It's hard not to put that in. Especially for possibly who they number- playing for there as well. Exactly. That we go to number off the field stuff really played into it. I mean, sorry for interrupting. Exactly. But yeah. No, no, no. You're good. Number four, we go back all the way back to round one. Wow. Hawthorne v. Essendon. Round Love it. One. Yes. Hawthorne makes the incredible comeback to win to beat the Bombers by one, Hawks by one in the round one. Absolute thriller. First game of this season, which would show kind of Hawthorne's season that they would be kind of known for their great comebacks, including doing it later on in the season as well. But an absolutely incredible game of football. Cannot deny that was one of the games of the round. We go to number three, and you'll notice the final three games of this have one thing in common. I think everybody's going to know this. Number three, Brisbane versus the Collingwood Magpies. Round three, Lions by one. Zach Bailey gets the after the siren Mm -hmm. goal to win the game to kind of save Brisbane from some early season troubles when they had not played well in the first couple of the games. A pie team also wasn't playing well, but an incredibly good game all in all. But Brisbane getting the after the siren win by one kind of riding the ship a little bit before they would go on their monster run the rest of the year. We jump to number two, and it's hard to argue this one. Round 14, Bulldogs, V-Cats, GMHVA Stadium. Gary Rowan gets his second ever after the siren goal as the Cats win by five as Rowan double bends a kick from the pocket to knock off the Bulldogs. And it kind of at the time solidify the Cats as a potential top two team it, it just an absolutely incredible game. The dogs go out to a nice little lead. The long storms back and gets the win after the siren and mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic game. It's good and, stuff. It, and it's hard not to argue this number one, Melbourne V Geelong round. There we 23. go. These win by four as max gone gets the winner, gets the minor premiership, which would eventually lead to the D's winning the entire thing an incredible mm-hmm. game of footy the the demons with the incredible comeback late the cats kind of falling apart late but just an incredible game of footy and it just showed the the gall that melbourne had this season they just never gave up this year what an, what an incredible and then i'll throw this out there i have five honorable mentions because there were there were There's so a many lot games of good ones. I went through this <laughs> I, I think except I think there's only three rounds that I went I, I went literally went through round by round going through it. There were only three rounds where there wasn't a game decided by 10 points or less. Three rounds where there wasn't a game decided by 10 points or less. That's incredible. So including round 23 that saw two game two games within five points. Mm-hmm. And that was both the top two table teams with Port Adelaide getting the one point win over the doggies in a sloppy but but still absolutely entertaining game here's some of my honorable mentions really quickly adelaide st kilda round 13 um riley philthorpe gets the kick over his head to win the game in the wet weather up in cans an incredible game that was west coast v richmond round 13 west coast gets the friday night thrilling win by four over the tigers which kind of 
I think started the Tigers decline as mm-hmm. the second half of the season came on the, the Hawthorne comeback train. The second time is Hawthorne versus Adelaide round six Hawthorne comes back from town. I think Adelaide kicked the first 13 goals in a row. Hawthorne wins it by three with a late goal mm-hmm. Richmond versus GWS round nine. The Tigers win by nine after the whole nightclub incident <laughs> Rioli gets the game winner in a game that was on national TV here in the States. And I thought it was an absolutely incredible one. Mm-hmm. And you're going to smile about this, Ross, my fifth and final honorable mention GWS v Sydney round five, the giants yes. go in to the SCG and get a two point win to kind of right the ship after mm-hmm. kind of an ugly start, ugly start to their season. You only, and sign, really and you only say helped. a kind of ugly start. I mean, that was an atrocious story where we're talking about maybe Leon Cameron's fired. So <laughs> that, I, that I remember, helped. I, rem- I absolutely remember that when we were discussing that, but that really did kickstart GWS's season and really did kind of get them back, back on the, on the right path absolutely. and led to a team that eventually would make the finals. So um, I know everybody's like, it's like he didn't put a Sydney game in there. Why didn't he? Because I went through it. There was a couple of Sydney games I could have snuck in there. I could have snuck the Essendon game, mm-hmm. both Essendon games, the three point win in round three, and then the, the Sydney, uh, I think seven point win or 13 point win over or seven point win over Essendon late in the season. But it's hard to argue some of these games were not absolutely incredible with, mm-hmm. with after the siren kicks late goals to win the games and just absolutely incredible atmosphere. So, so I, I, I tried to stay away from the, from the Homer calls there. In fact, both of them, including the two finals games that we saw both saw Cindy lose in the two games that I had written down, but just <laughs> an incredible season. Again, I, I loved that. So many close games. It was absolutely fascinating. I'm hoping next year is just good because that was awesome. If next year could be like, you know, half as good here. Wow. Oh, is that a second fly? Oh no, this is unbelievable folks. I'm just not having a good time right now. <laughs> I'm getting swarm. Oh, just you wait. As soon as I get off the camera, fly, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll have you know, as soon as, as soon as I got this camera, I'm grabbing that flies for I'm ending both of these. I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get them good. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's get things. Watch up. it. Watch it. Watch it. There, there may be children. <laughs> uh, let's get things off with our 2021 review and ending with our favorite storyline. And Donya, I think you might like this one. And I think this was a really fun one for a lot of people to follow along with, especially didn't reach it. Didn't quite reach it here in the finals, but we we're definitely watching along there when they were playing GWS. But, uh, Buddy's quest for a thousand didn't reach it this year. I mean, more than likely, unless something crazy happens, he's going to be able to get it next year. But uh, I thought that was a really fun one to watch because there were points of the season he was kicking like five, six goals a game every once in a while. And man, he had the golden. He just kind of had one of those golden legs. If he played in more games this year, he probably has a thousand. But I mean, I, I thought I had the blast just trying to pay attention to that, and I was really rooting for him. Yeah, the, I. <laughs> If you'd asked me at the start of the season if he would have made it, I I, I was highly skeptical. Mm-hmm. But when he came back in round two against Adelaide, kicked several goals, I was like, eh, he's got a shot. And then he kind of he kind of had a couple he had a couple of games where he only kicked one or two, which I think kind of stifled him a tiny bit. And then being sat out late in the season, I think really made sure. But it it, it does bring an intrigue to next season because. 
it's going to be all over the news in those first three rounds. When is he going to kick a thousand? When is he going to kick a thousand? When is he going to kick a thousand? (laughs) Are there going to be fans there? Is it going to be at the SCG? Is it going to be on the road? Are the fans going to be able to rush the field when he kicks a thousand? Mm -hmm. There's, there's a tons of questions there because I mean, I've said it and I will continue to say it. We're probably looking at the last person that's ever going to kick a thousand goals in the Mm -hmm. AFL era. I hate saying it, but careers are far too short. Mm-hmm. And unless they really change the rules to where the full forward comes back in vogue, where they're kicking six, seven, and eight weekly, I just don't see a thousand happening because the next closest person past buddy that's active is only at like 600 and that's Rewalt, mm-hmm. And he's two or three seasons from retirement. And I don't think he's kicking 400 in three seasons. <laughs> That's quite the claim, Donnie. Now you never know, but <laughs> ah, safe bet there. Um, I I love that, and man, I can't wait to see Buddy kick a thousand. That's that's gonna be such that that's just gonna be a really really damn cool sight. Um, for I mean anyone that that's a fan of footy, there is really gonna appreciate that one. But let's uh let's wrap things up here with a couple of biggest things. Just want to take a look at a little preview of what we might be able to expect from the off season. So Donnie, I want to hear from you your biggest story that we should all keep an eye on this offseason, and also your prediction for who's going to have the best offseason. And, of course, this is one that I've been hinting a little bit earlier. Um, a lot of you guys might not like this answer, um, myself included. All right. The storylines for the offseason, honestly, will be how active is the trade? How active is the trade period? Because with COVID still being an issue in New South Wales and Victoria, You've really seen the trade requests be more of family-oriented. Jordan Dawson leaving the Swans to go back to South Australia, most likely Adelaide, at the Adelaide Crows, which will be interesting to see how negotiations go with that. Adam Chera wanting out of Frio, wanting to go back to, to Victoria, which most likely he'll be at Carlton next season. How's that going to go? Um, Henry from the Geelong Cats wants to mm-hmm. get out of Geelong less about family but more about getting midfield time which sounds like the frio dockers is it um sam petrovsky seaton wanting out of carlton to go back to the west coast how's that going to do so i'm really interested to see how that goes the free agency period was relatively most of the most of the players that we expected to move moved kelly moved hewitt moved so we're kind of there, there aren't any magical superstars i don't see a very active trade period Mm -hmm. i relatively see kind of quiet but you just never know i mean maybe a player surprisingly gets to put on the table oh don't want to interrupt you i caught one i caught one of the fingers i caught the fly awesome (laughs) i told you mid podcast and he and he mr miyagi's me oh i caught the fly with my fingers (laughs) i love it oh you want to see oh man i i am remarkable there's evidence right there i'll drop it would you (laughs) carry on please sonny man that's that's absolutely incredible but just i i i'm i'm very interested to see how that goes like how did how does the trade go on what is the draft what does the draft look like how how does how does all the draft picks pan out compo picks and everything like that like this draft could be quite interesting it's not a massively deep draft it's not a years before where 10 12 guys could play next season it really we're looking four or five could play next season Dacon, Dacos, um, the, the kid Francis from South Australia, potentially Luke Darcy's son, um, maybe two others. I think 
potentially could play next year. I think a lot of these picks are going to be kids that are going to take some time developing in the twos, and then we may see them in a season or two. So it'll be very interesting to see how this draft goes because talk that I've heard is next year's draft could be, could be quite, quite a, quite a group, but we'll have to see how that goes. And then team I that another. I think, ha <laughs> ha. Oh, oh this is good. boy this is good mid 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 podcast he's become a fly a human fly spotter this is awesome <laughs> and here we here we go the the, the comment section is going to be fun who's the team that i think is going to have Ooh. the most interesting off season or best off season it's GWS, honestly ladies right? and gentlemen right right please it'll be the richmond tigers Ooh. and the reason i say the richmond tigers is because Yes, they lose a few players. Yes, mm-hmm. they lose Basher Hooley. Yes, they lose they lose two defenders in the back line, but they have, if I remember correctly, could potentially have five picks in the top 35 picks. They're going to get some talent. They're going to get it into that system. And if Hardwick can, can keep that system going, he's got a little bit more depth now to work with that I don't think he had this season. And who knows? Maybe they package something to move up and get an even better talent. So I'm if I'm the rest of the league, I don't like seeing that Richmond potentially could have three, if not four, potentially top 30 picks That's ridiculous. on their roster going into next season with potentially having Dusty back, a relatively healthy lineup, and, and, and the players that they did lose were, were, were players they can afford to lose mm-hmm. because the draft picks they pick in give them young talent to, to supplement the players that have left over the last three or four seasons. So I, I think Richmond potentially could be the scariest team when it comes to the draft in the, in the off season, because they could, they could come back with a nice loaded roster going into next year. Love it. They, uh, they're already a really solid team. Um, and <laughs> we even need this help and they're already getting sacked. Uh, uh, shout out to you, Richmond fans. I know we have a few of you guys that follow us on Twitter. Um, see you in the comment sections every, um, every little bit too. And so, uh, one season down, you get a full off season to prepare and uh, ooh, watch out because might have to put them right back into black contention, um, to their joy and uh, to to the chagrin of every other team in the league. <laughs> so, ah, uh, thank you, Richmond, for for just being that thorn in our side that's just never going to go away, is it now? But uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on our 2021 season recap of course took a look at our preseason predictions here uh 2021 in review and take a little bit of look at what we could expect from this year's offseason and like i said earlier we're going to be doing intermittent shows throughout the offseason um but to to kind of supplement that donnie is introducing a brand new series of course the way he did last year in the offseason he interviewed american AFL, afl fans now it's a little bit of a twist on that one donnie Explain what uh, what we can be excited for this offseason. Well, well, last year I, I thought since since we had a lot of Australians that um, kind of got into the channel because we were talking about football, I wanted to kind of experience and kind of wanted to showcase that there were a lot of American fans that are Aussie rules supporters and AFL club supporters. Mm-hmm. So I did my fan series last year where I interviewed U.S. born players, U.S born fans or supporters of each of the well 
17 of the 18 clubs. Unfortunately, Gold Coast was still a very, very mysterious Those creature that I could not Gold seem Coast to... fans that only exist because we think they do. <laughs> okay, so this season, as kind of a more homage to the history of the game, I am doing an Australian fan supporter series. I'm trying to find, I am in search as we record now of finding fans from all of the 18 clubs that would be willing to sit down and have a chat about your fandom of your club, how you got in, how you got into it, whether it's a family club, whether it's you decided to be a rebel and pick a different club, <laughs> what all memories you have, what, who's your favorite players of the past or your favorite players currently, what was your favorite game you ever attended and just kind of chat footy with you about your club and, and, your thoughts of maybe this season, your thoughts of next season, your thoughts, maybe even of the AFLW. So I, I just, I kind of want to have a chat with Aussies about the sport. I want to learn more about each of the, each of these clubs. I may be a diehard Swan supporter, but I love learning about all the other clubs. I love learning from other fans. So I am really looking forward to it. I am in the process of doing that right now. I'm having a blast. I, I think a lot of people are very shocked that a, a dear old yank, as I've seen in, in the <laughs> comment section, wants to know about footy and, and is knowledgeable the way I, I pride myself on, on, on loving this game. And, and so I cannot wait to do this. Keep an eye on that. As well, keep an eye on, I have a couple of irons in the fire with potentially AFLW players having sitting down and having a chat with me. I know Collingwood and Gold Coast both have, have expressed interest in, in having a player sit down and chat with me via the internet unfortunately since i cannot get down to australia in any way so i'm really looking forward to that so do keep an eye on the donnie's disposal sections because i'm hoping to put out content over the off season until the aflw gets started which i cannot wait for one more year with only 14 teams before we go to the 18 sir so it, it'll be fascinating but uh, i will i will definitely be trying to keep the con the footy content over the off season just as prevalent as it is in the regular season and it's going to be a damn good time. And not only, I mean, Donnie has to be over the internet. Who knows? Once a you guys starting now can help us grow to be the, uh, not only the footy, but the sports net, um, empire that were, that our goals obviously are in a, you know, just a dollar a month. We might be able to get a little bit more towards that just by going over to patreon.com forward slash fourth and long. Of course, there's a bunch, uh, a bunch of goodies that come with it as well, depending on what tier you subscribe to. There's my plug and, uh, Oh, man, I am getting better with them. But, Donnie, let's wrap things up, of course, the way we know best. Your thoughts on the 2021 season. Might be a tough one, but your thoughts on the entire season. In one more phrase. Outstanding. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding season. The AFL, again, I, I said it in a previous episode, the AFL to be able to get through this entire season mm -hmm. With only a few tiny hiccups, no, there there was no massive, there was no massive layoff. There was very few games that had issues, and the games that it did, they were very quick to be able to find a way to get them in. It it, it stunk that there was no games in New South Wales for Sydney or GWS. It really kind of kind of got hard for the Victorian crowds because they weren't in Vic. But to get all the games through, to get them through without a hitch. And to get this season through, I, I got to do it. An absolutely outstanding job by the AFL. And, and to the players, outstanding season. I um, the, the new stand-on-the-mark rule, I know we absolutely crapped all over it at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. But I think it made for a very, interest, very interesting game 
by the end of the year because it did open up. It did open up the play. Did it open up scoring? Mm-hmm. Eh, that's up for debate. But I honestly, I, I, I enjoyed the footy. I really, really enjoyed this season. I, I'm sad to see it over. It, this is always the, the worst time of the year because there's no footy now for at least two months for me. At least I have the AFLW to come. I'm looking forward to it. I know not everybody's that way, but I'm really looking forward to it because I, I, I think it's only progressing. But this is this is the hard time over here. It becomes our winter. So it, I, I know I think you have the same issue, Ross, is it gets it gets snowy and it's there's not much to do so to be able to chat footy and to be able to to see this game is absolutely fascinating right. so definitely going to be snowy. I, I guess we're outstanding expecting, uh, season uh for the afl yeah right i guess we're expecting snow again so i guess to to clean off the sidewalks just might have to put on uh you know little toby green highlights and that might be able to melt the snow there a little bit <laughs> oh man but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in today not only today but on the season as a whole it was my first full AFL season, so th- to, to this be my first one here, I, I really don't think of a better one that I could have joined, and, and it, it's just been fantastic. And for whether you, maybe you know, some of our American subscribers that just see this uh, stuff post on YouTube and over on, on the podcast for, for the fans of like maybe the NFL stuff, the MMA stuff, um, thank you. Uh, if you want to check it out, I highly recommend checking At least look at the highlights over on um, YouTube because footy – it will blow your mind, and I, I guarantee you, you'll fall in love with it just like I did. Um, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, an outstanding season. Thank you so much for tuning in. M- make sure to catch our AFL Grand Final Recap if you haven't already. And we'll see you uh, throughout this offseason. <laughs>